0: Hello everybody, this is Noah and John and we are from Urban Digs and Johnny, we're going to be talking Manhattan today uh, and we need to talk about this market, it's doing crazy things and we got Sean McPeak, the Sean McPeak team over at Surhant with us today to give us a glimpse into what he's seeing in the markets and uh, Johnny, um, first off, Sean, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks Thanks, Sean. Big fan of the show. (laughs) <laughs> and John it's, the, Sean started in the great financial crisis in I know, it's al- It's almost as if,
1: you know, some of that that market movement back then has come back now. I mean, it's not obviously as bad, but it's it's definitely as tricky of a market as it was then. So I'm I'm glad Sean could be on the show today to kind of share the wisdom that has sort of, you know, propelled him from, you know, a newbie in the market to the success that he is today.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I mean, 2009 was a hell of a time to start. I mean, you can imagine starting in 2009. So yeah, you're, it's come full circle. Great time here. for buyers. Great time for buyers. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think it's a great time for buyers now. I mean, we put out our strong buy piece a month ago, and I think the market's finally starting to show little signs of life. But you know what? Don't listen to me. Let's listen to Sean. So Sean, we're going to get right to it. Let's just go high level, please. Let's start out right on top. What is going on in the markets today? And how is today's market different?
2: So the days of the market has definitely been extended. Uh, properties are much more negotiable if they've been on the market longer these days. Uh, so we're seeing, you know, prices flex between five and 7% typically um, on resale. And then <clears throat> there's been a lot of incentives on the new development end uh, to brokers and the buyers alike, uh, whether it's common charges, taxes, um, or higher commissions, things like that. So that's that's kind of like what we've been seeing kind of pitched at us recently. Interesting, and let me just
1: dive into you know your comment on the longer time on the market. Now, usually when you have lower volume in the market, the time on market is naturally going to extend. But I'm curious, are you seeing this across every property, or some that you know come on the market priced right, they're still trading quickly, and it's just it,
2: it's some that just linger. I think I think things that are priced right in the right neighborhood are trading quickly. I mean we we just did a deal on Tribeca over three thousand dollars a square foot. There was a bidding war on it. Uh, but that's not the norm right now. Um, it has to be a very special product, usually something that's already renovated. So I, I would say one of the biggest disparities between this market and our market from a few years ago is that people don't want to touch an apartment. They don't want to paint. They don't want to buy new toilets, do any major work right now. So those buyers have kind of been sidelines and people just want turnkey product. And if it's priced right and it's turnkey in the right neighborhood, it'll sell. If not, you're going to have to wait a little bit to find that right person.
0: And Sean, I want to just ask you a little bit more about that renovation situation going on right now because that is a unique um, moment in time dynamic that's happening right now. And I mean, I I don't think it's going to last forever and we're kind of neck deep in it right now. Um, Is there still sellers that are hitting low ball bids on properties that need work or are are those guys few and far between? I understand there's a penalty for having a non-renovated property, but I'm curious the sell side, incentive is there a lot of sellers that are 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 agreeing to that and taking the hit or are they like ah i'll just go off market and deal with this another time
2: um no the the real ones are, are staying on the market and they're slowly coming around and realizing that they're going to have to kind of increase the discount in order to capture that buyer um i think you know one of the reports that has helped me kind of get these price drops recently is actually a home depot earnings report from earlier this year uh home home depot missed their earnings projections for the first time in 20 years. So we're seeing that New York City renovation person who doesn't want to buy right now, uh that's kind of spreading out into the rest of the country. Um where people are not making those like upgrades everywhere across the board all the time. So, um I think just with the higher interest rates and, you know, inflation and supply chain issues, people don't want to renovate, you know. It's it's a lot of its headlines that's fueling this kind of trepidation, but um, the 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 even the minimal amount of renovation it seems to be repelling some of these some of these would be buyers.
1: Right, I mean that's really interesting, and that's and that's it's been sort of a trend that's been building over the last couple of years, and I suppose it's reaching ahead now. And you're exactly, I think you're exactly right, which is that it's the it's the turnkey products which are really seeing the attention, but. If i could shift now just to the general market of sellers and just you know looking at that pool right now what's that mindset because some of them have to be so frustrated having been on the market for you know june july august and september it's just the market continually slows and it's not really picking up as they expected and in october i'm just i'm curious what that sentiment is these days
2: the sentiment is you know you know the price drop conversation and and that you know sometimes taking weeks or months to get into and, and to get into that realization Um, A lot of people have, you know, expiring interest rates, they have arms and different types of loan products that are, you know, coming, coming to a head soon, and they're not gonna be able to afford to carry Mm -hmm. it anymore. Um, There's, there's just a lot of kind of fear. But also, you know, there's there's not necessarily this huge price reduction headline right now, uh, because inventory is a little low. And I think that's propping up prices a little bit and, and people, you know, are a little bit you know, uh, nervous to drop their prices in front of the whole market. And so they want someone to bring an offer. And I think that's just leading to like this, this kind of little bit of gridlock with sellers that things are kind of frozen a little bit.
0: Uh, Sean, are, are sellers, I mean, it, it's my opinion that the longer this goes on, it, it's not so much um, how much this market may have may have fallen. I mean, we don't quite know yet, right? Because we have to wait three, four months. I mean, our models are telling us we're down about six, 7% from okay. April. I don't know. I don't know if that resonates with anyone here, but that's what our models are showing. Um, it, it's about the depth and duration of this. And I can imagine a lot of exhaustion on the sell side specifically. Um, are you starting to see like they get squeezed? I feel like sellers get squeezed, and the longer that this, the deeper, the longer duration that this is, the more the squeeze goes on. And that's when the fear starts to come in. And you don't quite get to that point unless it's been a long duration thing. And I, and I feel like it's starting to get to that point. Are you sensing any types of fear on the sell side at all?
2: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely fear, but I think I think the fear for sellers right now is they don't view the market as absolutely going off a cliff in the next couple of months or next year. Their fear is of their own costs. So we're having a lot of liens, um, you know, common charges unpaid, different types of arrears. Uh, that are are causing the fear it's personal financial fear rather than macroeconomic fear which i think is you know it can explain a lot of the market activity and, and the, a lot of the seller kind of uh you know the people trying to hold firm on their prices unless they're serious and they got to sell so that's that's kind of where the fear I'm seeing generated right now
0: is. because you've mentioned resetting
2: arms and I mean maintenance
0: is not going down and taxes are probably not going down and I mean it's you know these things do add up Over time.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, you know, we're, we're, you know, a lot of brokers have been kind of talking about this, you know, inventory bubble that may be coming and may be forced by, you know, the, the the higher interest rates um, and people not being able to refi um, in the next two years. And that could lead to a lot of potential inventory and the fear, which may drive down pricing Um, right now. I I just really see the fear. You know, I have, I've, I've dealt with multiple situations, high dollar points where the sellers are being motivated by, um, you know, liquidity issues, not necessarily, they think that the market is, you know, th- th- I think sellers are, think the market's a little better than it is, honestly. Um, the brokers are really telling them that, you know, it's time to kind of reshift prices, you know, price of financing has gone up everything. So, um, it's not really, they don't they don't look at it as Armageddon right now. I won't say like that macro level fears with sellers yet. I'd say it's more on the buy side right now.
1: Interesting. And this is, I think this is a great jumping off point to kind of talk about that the price reduction conversation. And, you know, one of the things that I've noticed on, and this is, you know, sample size N equals one here. This is my own personal inbox at Urban Digs is I'm starting to see a lot more emails come in and, and God bless brokers. Like you send them one thing and you're on their list forever. It's it's, it's great to see, but I'm getting a lot more emails that say, you know, the, the headline of the email is seller is, you know, ready to sell, must sell. Looking to negotiate, but I'm not seeing those units necessarily get the price cut. So I'm curious, you know, Sean, from your experience, that price cut conversation. How do you do it? Like, how do you do you angle for a price cut? If not, how do you sort of advertise that your seller really wants to deal uh, in this market right now?
2: Yes. So I mean, if, if if you're trying to echo that it's negotiable, you know, trying to message that out. Um, without doing actual price drop, I mean it's a lot of hand to hand combat. There's a lot of personal emails, texts, and calls happening um, to get that message across. Um, and then, and just in terms of communicating with the seller, uh, you know, we really like to just give them uh, data and feedback from multiple brokers and buyers. We have follow up sheets, and a lot of the times, you know, once they read, you know, 15, 20, 30 feedback saying, you know, pricing, renovations, they need to do work the 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 seller will come to the conclusion and they'll bring up you know the price drop conversation rather than us like forcing upon them because it's really just what's going on in the market i mean we're seeing trends and patterns form and you know we're giving them the the straight data from just just from the the mouth of uh of the buyers themselves so that's interesting
0: yeah uh give them the transparency of, of what's going on with the showings and, and the feedback direct and uh they make their own decisions right? You're not even really having that conversation.
2: Um, yeah. I mean, we, we, we give them that data, then we give them the urban digs data and then they can draw their own conclusions. You know, I mean, yeah. listen,
0: if the, if the seller has to sell and they're just testing the market, I mean, I just hope that they realize that that first two, three, four weeks, that's just the most important thing. And we got Thanksgiving coming up. We got right. Thanksgiving coming up. And you know what, Look, you said a lot of things here that, that in the last 10, 15 minutes that make me realize a couple of general conclusions. And I want you to, I want you to confirm or disconfirm before I go into my last question here, Sean. Um, would you agree that a shift has already happened in this market in terms of price?
2: Uh, I'd agree. So I mean the the shift, but the problem is is that the shift is happening in the closings, not in the asking prices. So I think that a lot of sellers are looking at the asks and are not seeing maybe those big price drops um or the you know the big sticker price things but in the closings you're seeing it like the people are flexible in the back end and um the, the structure of deals has changed a lot there's, there's every every transaction has its own story in new york uh so there's a lot there's a lot to it on the back end as well would you agree that it's a much lower deal activity environment i would i would i mean we've i mean we, we definitely had a very good end of our summer but I was very listing heavy and, you know, I was carrying 22 to 17 listings earlier this year. Um, And and the activity was very, very slow. And um, it was very challenging to keep up with everybody and everything.
0: And would you agree that is a
2: challenging listing environment for sellers? you mentioned the word challenging. It, It definitely is a challenging listing environment, but you don't have the competition on the market. So going to market right now with your listing is probably a good idea because you don't have all the competition that, you know, could come if, you know, arms explode and, and there's a huge inventory influx. So, you know, that's our kind of pitch to sellers is at least you're not competing against 10 other, you know, townhouses, you know, co-ops or whatever that are the same, you know, there's not a lot of options out there at most price points, especially the so, higher. So
0: we got a market that has shifted down in price already, right? It's already happened. We have a market that has been low volume, low activity for a number of months. It's already happened and it's starting to come back. Mm-hmm. And we have a market that is still a very challenging listing environment. And you mentioned today that buyers are penalizing properties with that need intervention or, or work. I mean, I, I cannot think of a more contrarian buy signal than yeah. everything that was just discussed in the last 90 seconds right here um, in terms of using real time information anecdotal information, street information, um, boots on the ground information. So my question is, how do you get buyers off the fence?
2: I think you have to write the offer for the buyer. In many cases, you have to be extremely suggestive over how this deal is going to work. Um, We've sold apartments furnished this year. We've paid parts of mansion tax with our commissions this year. So if there's a way you can either add value or reduce the transaction costs to somebody, um, you gotta you gotta jump on it and figure out what they want. I mean, I just think that real estate is really just getting to know the people and what their goals are and what they need. And then, you know, just delivering that kind of structure to them. And that, that's how we've gotten a lot of deals done is, it's like, what do you really want? What's really scaring you? And maybe we can, you know, compromise on some of these costs or, you know, some of these items and we can make this work. And that's all, every transaction this year has been, has been very unique in deal structure and terms and contracts and everything.
1: I mean, that's, this is amazing information, Sean. Thank you very much. And and I think you the key is you hit it on the head, which is every single transaction, especially here, is its own unique transaction. And you know, starting in two thousand and nine, all the way here to twenty twenty three, you've seen a lot of transactions. So I am hoping, you know, in these closing moments, you can kind of look back uh, at your career so far and kind of give us some tips. Like what are, what are some of the things you would have liked to know
2: day one when you started that you know now? Um, some things I would have liked to know day one. I mean, I think. You know, I think, I think, like I said, like the real, you know, these transactions, like being on top of the market, knowing no one's going to call you and tell you the market shifted, you know, sometimes these things, just these patterns form and you have to be very on top of, you know, the contract activity, speaking to other brokers, you know, just being involved in the broker community to kind of know what's going on and also can kind of confirm the trends you're seeing. And and then really just, you know, just getting to know the people behind the transactions, I think is, is one thing I, I was always very transactional. And I think the one thing I I missed was the the people factor. And you're really you're really helping and dealing with people. Um, the real estate transactions are kind of secondary to the needs of everybody involved.
0: Uh, you know you know why I love that because because the growth in your business is indirectly related to that. It's not the person necessarily the person that you're talking to or trying to help or trying to advise. Maybe the advice to that person is now is not the best time for you to buy and that person's like oh my god a broker telling me something that's actually good for me and not for them and then you yeah. know what that person just tells their brother about you and that brother goes and buys a 5 million dollar place
2: Yeah, you know it's, it's all about re- it's the relationships um, are much more important than any singular transaction is something i wish i had known in 2009
0: yeah me too me too i did not i did not uh uh Create the best relationships. I did not um, reach out to them proper. I was doing it to the uh, agents, but I wasn't doing it to my consumers. Um, right. I wish I did, <laughs> but I did. I wish I did. Yeah. Very good advice. Awesome stuff. Um, thank you very much for spending a little bit of time with us and giving us a glimpse into what you're seeing. Um, that is Sean McPeak of the Sean McTe- McPeak team over at Surhat. Um, thank you so much for your time. That is John Walkup. I am Noah Rosenblatt, and this has been Talking Manhattan, and we will catch you next time.